What was that? Okay, that's better. All right. Hello, Cleveland. Welcome to the Oracle Speaks. I am your host, the Village Elliot. We're going to talk about the past, present, and future of the Cleveland Browns. And specifically, we're going to talk about the upcoming game with the Houston Texans. Now, half of the roster is actually former Cleveland Browns because we make so many trades with that team. And then half of the draft picks that they have are actually draft picks that they got from the Cleveland Browns because we traded half of the team in order to get our franchise quarterback, Deshaun Watson, baby. Although Deshaun isn't going to play, of course. He's on IR. We have a substitute, a very capable substitute in Joe Flacco. He's the guy right now. He's going to be starting for us. We're not sure who's going to start for Houston. We suspect that it's going to be the man, C.J. Stroud, from Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. But we're not totally sure about that. And if it's not, it's going to be who else? A former Cleveland Brown. It could be none other than Case Keenum, who used to be Baker Mayfield's backup quarterback. Um, I don't know that there's going to be that much of a drop-off. Now, there's been talk that C.J. Stroud has been such a good quarterback, especially for a rookie, that he might be the MVP of the NFL. Look at the turnaround that the Texans have performed. There's never been a rookie quarterback like it. He might be the MVP of the entire league. Well, I think that's laying it on a bit thick. I think that you have to give some credit to the other 52 players on the roster. It's not just a one-man team, depending on who you ask. If you ask some of the sports writers, it is a one-man team, and that the entire success of the team depends only upon the quarterback. And if the quarterback uh, wins, or I should say if the team wins, it must be because you have a franchise quarterback. I don't believe that. I believe that it's the summation of the talents of 53 players on a roster. And actually, it's even more than that because of injuries and so on. There's probably upwards of 90 players that contribute to the team's success during the year. And then there's coaches. Why do they hire all these players, all these coaches, if it only depends on one guy? That doesn't make any sense, at least not to me. What do I know? I'm just a recycled nuclear engineer. I was in the Air Force uh, for a number of years, I learned how to be a rocket scientist on top of that. I don't know anything. I never played football. I'm not a coach. I'm just making observations based upon numbers and statistics. That's my bag. But anyway, let's talk about the Houston Texans, why they are so good from my standpoint, what the Cleveland Browns have to do in order to beat them. And, uh, you know, again, I don't know that I believe in the franchise quarterback. I believe in the franchise itself. I think that the Houston Texans have done a good job. They've done what they need to do, namely be bad for a number of years and get some high draft picks, get some good players on their team. And um, on the other hand, the Cleveland Browns have done a really great job building through free agency mainly. They don't have any draft picks. They've traded them all for Deshaun Watson. I don't know that I think that was a great trade. I think it was a terrible trade, but in the short run, it's worked out pretty well. Deshaun Watson went 5-1. and one. Everybody else has combined to be uh, 500. And um, we think that Joe Flacco has done a very good job. It's been a different team by necessity because of 
injuries to key players on the offensive line. We're concerned now about the health of All-Pro Joel Batonio, who went down with an injury. We're not sure how well Joel is going to be able to play. Already lost Jack Conklin on the other side, and then Jed Wills, who is the first-round draft pick from a few years ago. Now, he had not been playing well. A lot of people thought, oh, man, he's just really a lazy player. He's just not doing really good. But, you know, he had been playing much better a few years ago or even last year. And I kind of think that, you know, it's really hard to judge the play of offensive linemen, and maybe he wasn't completely healthy this year. And a lot of the plays that looked like he was being tricked by defensive linemen might have been that he wasn't in completely good health this season. I don't think he's as bad as he looked earlier this year. And especially because he started to play better in spurts, I think that he might have been fighting some injury issues the whole time. Anyway, point is, the Browns have had injury problems on the offensive line. They are not able to field the same type of running game that they normally do. And, of course, the superstar, the main player on the offense, I would argue, is Nick Chubb. It's not the quarterback at all. Nick Chubb is the heart and soul of the Browns' offense. He's not available, of course, out for the year with a significant knee injury. Wish the best for Nick Chubb on his recovery. I believe that he will make it back, um, uh, but it won't be It won't be this season. Browns have been able to win anyway. Right now, they have become a passing team that is prepared to throw the ball 40 times a game, and um, that's not what I really want to see from a quarterback that's been with the team for a short time, but they may not have that much of a choice, and it may not be that bad of a strategy against the Texans because they, too, have had injury problems, so Browns fans that are crying in their beers because of injuries, well, welcome to the NFL. There are a lot of injuries. There are a lot of players on all teams that are not healthy and that are not playing this week. We don't know if the NFL MVP C.J. Stroud is going to play this week. I don't think he is the MVP, by the way. I think he's going to certainly be Rookie of the Year, but I think it was a stretch to call him an MVP candidate just because the team really had a strong turnaround but uh, they've had some significant injuries in the defensive backfield and to wit some of the guys that are out include Tavier Thomas now where have I heard that name before oh yeah Tavier Thomas was a really good uh, uh defensive back for the Cleveland Browns, and especially on special teams. Let's think about that. He was a very valuable player for the Browns. Uh, he didn't really start uh, on defense. He wasn't that, that super valuable as a defensive back per se. He was really a guy that made his mark on special teams. Nevertheless, he was a contributor. Tavier Thomas is on IR. Also, M.J. Stewart. Where did I hear that? Oh, M.J. Stewart is also a former Cleveland Brown defensive back. He is out. 
Uh, MJ Stewart, let's see, let me look up his record. He played for the Browns in 2020 and 2021, started some games in the defensive backfield and made some big plays. I remember there was a couple of big interceptions that he came up with in the Browns' playoff year, you'll recall that. So he's a, really a pretty good defensive back, and he played in eight games for Houston this season before he went down. So he's a significant contributor, not the starter, but a contributor nevertheless. He had 22 tackles this season. He had 41 last season, so he's really a contributor on defense. They also... Um, Let's see, let me let me move on a little bit in defensive backland in just a minute. Yeah, there's a bunch of offensive linemen. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, Grayland Arnold. Grayland Arnold has uh, also gone down. Uh, he's a contributor on the defensive side. He had uh, 18 tackles in eight games. So he's another guy that played safety for Houston. He is out. So there's three uh, defensive backs that are out for Houston, and that kind of makes you think, you know, man, if they've got those kind of injuries, maybe it sort of behooves the Browns to put the ball in the air and see if they can complete some passes. The other thing I wanted to mention is that like the Browns, you know, the Browns are playing with second and sometimes even third string offensive linemen, and they have the same issues over in Houston. They have uh, problems at center. The uh, starting center is Scott Quesenberry. He's out for the year, or at least I'm not sure if he's out for the year, but he's out for this game. He's been out. Uh, for 2023 thus far. I'm not sure what the specific injury is in his situation, but he's not playing. And, um, yeah. Oh, I missed, I missed one injury, by the way. I forgot to mention that Eric Murray, Eric Murray, the cornerback, another guy that you will recall played and was a starter for the Cleveland Browns, uh, back in 2019, is also out for the year. He played uh, and started four games for Houston, also at safety. So, okay, that's, that's four defensive backs that are out for um, Houston. Mm. So there's, you know, the, they keep on saying you never have enough defensive backs in football. It's true. So they're lacking depth, maybe not their premier guys, but they are lacking depth on the defensive backfield. Okay, so back to the offensive line. Titus Howard, six foot five, three hundred and twenty-two pound tackle, started seven games for them this season. A uh, five-year starter. He's out. Ooh, just like the Browns, they're out. Their starting guy, uh, Kenyon Green. The starter from last season, uh, he was uh, only 21 last year when he started. You expect him to be a lot better at age 22, but he is out with a uh, season-ending injury. 
not good. Okay, and let's move on. Who else do we have? Okay, I think that really, those are, those are not the only injuries on the team. They have about 14 guys on IR, about the same number as the Cleveland Browns. They don't have the guys with the Pro Bowl and uh, all pro resumes that the Browns have, but there are people that were starting for that team that are on IR. So they also, like the Browns, are missing some important parts of the team. Uh, and also keep in mind also that, that this is a young team and they're not going to have those Pro Bowl uh, appearances, but they're on their way up and they're maybe on their way to the Pro Bowl, whereas the Browns, being a veteran team, are already there, and maybe even on the downside of their career. So those things kind of even out. I don't know that the Browns need to necessarily feel sorry for themselves, but really just face the reality that this is where they they need to be. So, uh, let me pause now. Actually, I'm kind of overdue for a commercial break. We're, once again, very grateful for the support that we've gotten from the fans and also the support that we've gotten from our sponsors. And I'll take a few seconds to break Johnny Cleveland, you're up. And we're back. And you probably didn't see that, but I failed to, you know, the uh, mathematical genius was not able to count down from 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Instead, I just counted down 5, 3, 2, 1 but I think Johnny was probably able to decipher that math for me. Sorry about that, but okay. Anyway, um, so back to our subject, the, the Houston Texans. It's a young team, well-stocked with draft picks. They've been drafting at a high level by virtue of having a bad record for several years in a row, and they're augmented by draft picks from Cleveland for uh, the past two seasons, and they're going to have another one in 2024 before the Browns finally get back on the board in 2025. And by the way, one of these times, I'm going to have a show where I talk about what to do in a situation where you have a lot of veterans and you don't have a lot of uh, draft picks stored in the cupboard. What do you do in order to compensate for that situation? And I have a formula for that that will absolutely blow your minds. That's gonna, I might have to wait until the off season in order to, show, uh, to discuss that, but it's going to be the opposite of what you think. Anyhow, the uh, likelihood right now, uh, this is being recorded a day in advance, and we're not sure if C.J. Stroud is going to pass the concussion protocol or not. If they need to start Case Keenum, is that a disaster for the Houston Texans? And if you believe in the franchise quarterback theory, then you'd assume that the point spread will really jump a lot and the Browns might go from two-and-a-half-point underdogs, which is where I believe the point spread is now, to about even, perhaps, and maybe more than that. And then also the over-under should drop dramatically with the uh, 
loss of availability, not really the loss, but he won't be available for this game of C.J. Stroud. And uh, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Um, oh, pardon the pun, but Case Keenum is really a good quarterback. We knew him when he was with the Cleveland Browns. He's able to lead the offense very effective, very effectively, pardon me, and he'll be just fine for Houston. He was uh, really a very good quarterback with Minnesota. <laughs> you know, this is a small world, but he was the guy for Kevin Stefanski when he was the offensive coordinator there and led that team to the playoffs and even won a playoff game, I believe, with Minnesota. So he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's not going to be... And by the way, he also won a game last week when uh, when C.J. went down. He came in, and they beat the Tennessee Titans. It was a game that went down to the wire, but he's a veteran, and he was able to um, bring home a victory for Houston. I think that they'll be just fine. The uh, team that they have in Houston has no real weaknesses on defense. They've been able to uh, find backups in the defensive backfield. I think that where they'll have trouble, though, is that if the Browns play some of these four and five wide receiver formations, they'll have trouble matching that with depth in the defensive backfield. Um, but, you know, they have a pretty decent front four with uh, Jonathan Greenard, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, Derek Barnett. And going up against the Browns with a backup offensive lineman, uh, especially uh, Garan, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Christian, and James Hudson uh, on the tackles. And probably we'll see Michael Dunn instead of Joel uh, at uh, instead of Joel Batonio at left guard, and I hope I'm wrong about that because Joel is just a remarkable, remarkable athlete. We may also have problems at center. I've got uh, Ethan Posick, I think, is going to play, but we don't really know that. It might be Nick Harris, and something else that is kind of a minor point, but we have two players that can play fullback for the Browns. Who are they? Michael Dunn and Nick Harris. If both of those guys have to play on the offensive line, then we suddenly lost the fullback as well. So that's kind of like having three guys out if both of the backup offensive linemen are required to, to uh, start or play the whole game. So that takes an added dimension away from the Browns and kind of behooves us to play the extra wide receiver offense where we might have multiple wide receivers and um, uh, shy away from the multiple tight end offenses that the Browns are famous for. The Stefanski offense, you'll recall, in its normal form, emphasizes two tight ends and not using the slot receiver so much. Now, David Njoku is an interesting case because he is so dangerous 
that he can be used either as a tight end or he can be used as a slot receiver or even split out wide and be just as dangerous as a wide receiver. So, you know, they can do that. They can also use um, one of the running backs as a receiver as well. Kareem Hunt, by the way, let us not forget, has earned a living in the slot as well as being a running back. So he, he too, can become a receiver uh, just by the virtue of a play call. And we've seen Jerome Ford make enormous strides week to week where he is no longer just the guy that receives the handoff, but he can also be a receiver out of the backfield. So that might be something to watch is if the Browns really want to pressure the defensive backfield of Houston, they can suddenly field five receivers if they want to. They may not have the high numbers on their uniform jerseys, but they can play the running back, they can play the tight end like wide receivers, and they can really mess around with the Houston defense. And I think that's really what they will need to do. I don't know that they have the blocking power that they normally have in order to sustain the normal running game that they would like to have. The uh, the the uh, linebacking core in Houston is maybe below average, if you believe pro football focus, and I tend to believe them at least a little bit, but they do not rate Christian Harris and Denzel Perryman very highly. They're rated as below average, and maybe that's true. So I think that if, if the... Browns are able to get some guys out for the short to intermediate passing game. They might have some success there. They do, on the other hand, have reasonably good cornerbacks in Steven Nelson and Derek Stingley Jr. and Desmond King. So I think if they stay with just the basic wide receivers, you know, two wide receivers and a slot guy, the Texans might be able to handle that. So that's why I'm advocating, well, Maybe we need to throw some extra guys out there and see if they can still handle it when there's extra wide receivers. If there's a uh, three and even four, maybe even five wide receiver set, which I normally hate, but I think they can disguise the five wide receiver set because they can send a running back out there, but he can actually be the fifth wide receiver, just not tell anybody. So that's what I think. Uh, the offensive plan is going to be. I think Flacco is a guy that can kind of be the the uh, point guard, if you will, on the basketball team, hit the open man. And that, by the way, I think is the strength of Joe Flacco. He's been able to hit the secondary receiver like nobody we have seen since Baker Mayfield, really in 2018. I think Baker had some streaks where he just wouldn't trust certain wide receivers and wouldn't hit them. Uh, that This was a habit that he developed from 2019 onwards. But in 2018, uh, he would throw the ball to anybody that was open, and he really had his best season, I think, in the second half of 2018. And that was really a separate season when he had um, uh, Hugh Jackson calling the shots in the first half of 2018. And then he had... Uh, 
um, my hero, uh, Greg Williams, as his head coach in the second half. Now, it's debatable who is really responsible for that transformation. A lot of people credit Freddie Kitchens for that. I really credit Greg Williams, and um, I also uh, think that there was um, a uh, contribution from the uh, uh, quarterback's coach, and um, that may not have all been uh, Freddie Kitchens, but Freddie got a lot of credit for um, guiding Baker Mayfield in the offense said that well you know they fired everybody associated with the offense after Greg Williams was dismissed and somehow Freddie wasn't able to continue that success in 2019 so eh, so I'm not sure if they really had that formula down pat as well as they thought but anyway point is that the strength of Joe Flacco amazingly has been the ability to find secondary wide receivers and not rely exclusively on his really excellent number one receiver, Amari Cooper, and his really excellent number one tight end, David Njoku. But when those guys are double covered or covered by their top uh, cover guy on the defense, he's been able to find alternatives and get the ball out very quickly. That's really what the quick release means. It doesn't just mean that you have this fast throwing motion, but it means to be able to make a decision, see when the guy is open, and hit him with a pass, and Flacco's been able to do that. So that's what I look for on offense. On defense, I think that the Texans are a threat, and it's not going to matter whether it's C.J. Stroud or uh, whether uh, it's our former uh, backup quarterback. I think it's going to be really a capable offense, although, although Texas or Houston is playing three backup offensive linemen just like the Browns. And I don't know that that's a really good formula to play against the Cleveland Browns. Even though the Browns are missing a few people on the defensive line, I just keep on thinking that Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith are going to be really, really, uh, it's going to be tough. Case Keenum is going to have his hands full, or C.J. Stroud, either one. It's going to be, it's going to be tough with backup offensive linemen being the barrier between the Browns, uh, Garrett, Darius Smith, Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a challenge to overcome. All right, that's what I had to say. I'm looking forward to the game as usual. We'll talk more about that later, and uh, I'll see you next time. Have a great week, everybody, and see you soon.